This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. And um, Guys, I am delighted to uh, be able to present the word this morning. And actually, before we get in, I'm just going to ask all of you, if you'll just close your eyes a moment. And if you feel comfortable, if you'll just, where you're seated, just kind of put your hands in a posture of receiving. And we're just going to pray. And even those of you that are watching online, I encourage you to do this. Holy Spirit, we yield and we surrender ourselves to receive the word that you have for us this morning. We get rid of all the distractions. We get rid of the to-do list. And Lord, we give you 100% as your word comes forth this morning. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you speak to every single person that hears this message exactly what it is that they need to hear in this moment, in this season of their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, guys, so if Pastor Rob were here, you know this is how he would start out, right? What is the vision of Harvest? You got it. And we do that three ways. Through what? All right, through community, discipleship, and outreach. And so those of you that are guests with us, that is what we about Harvest are all about. We are about loving God. We are about community. We are about discipleship. We are about outreach. And um, you guys know, uh, what is our current, current sermon series that we're on? What has Pastor Rob been teaching on? Parenthood. Parenthood. And actually, I think it was actually um, the blessings of parenthood, right? And, um, and I actually text Rob on Friday, and I was like, hey, can you give me your recap of your past four messages? And Because, um, you know, generally, that's how he starts each message, right? Well, um, that took up a page and a half of notes, so if you haven't heard the message, go online and listen to it, all right? Not going to go there this morning. There's a lot of good word out there. I encourage you to do it. But one thing that uh, Pastor Rob would usually say at the beginning of each message um, on this series was, you know, some of you out here may not be a biological parent. And I don't want you to check out right now. You guys remember him saying that? He said, I believe that the word that's coming forth can apply to you in the workplace, with friends, with family. And so just ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Well, guess what? This morning, that's not the case. If you are a believer, meaning you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, who in here, that would be you. Okay, everybody with your hand up, this message is specifically and directly for you, all right? So you can't check out. If you are a Christian, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this message is for you. And, you know, when I talk about the word believer or I talk about the word Christian, um, there's actually kind of three, maybe we call them maturity levels that come to mind when I say this, all right? So all of, most of us in here said, yes, I'm a believer. And I kind of believe that there's three types of believer in a sense. And so the first one, um, Pastor Bob has referenced this, is the spiritual babies, right? So spiritual baby. What is a spiritual baby? What is a spiritual child? That is somebody that has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They're new in their faith. They're new in their walk. Um, these are the individuals that sometimes I'm jealous of. And in what sense? This is the individual that accepts the Lord and they're like, God, just tell me what I need to do today. And God answers it and they go, right? Or God, could you just pay this bill and drop some money down? And it happens, right? And you're like, what? Like they're, they're praying these prayers that are not biblically sound, but in their immaturity, God meets them where they're at sometimes. How many of you know we don't get to stay there? <laughs> God's like, yeah, I got you, but we're going to grow this up a little bit. Also, when I think of a spiritual child, you know, when you think of a baby, what do you think about? They cry when they want to get something to eat, right? Or when they want something, they scream. Ah! Um, a lot of times when I think of a spiritual child, is basically they want what they want and they want it now. And we've got a lot of believers like that. Well, I want the word, and I want it like this, and I want it to look this way. And um, hopefully none of you in here have ever said this, but I kind of believe this is a trait of a spiritual child is, well, that pastor is just not feeding me. I'm just not getting enough word from that pastor. Well, let me tell you, if you think that you're going to get fed with one 30 or 45 message a week, you're mistaken. It is your responsibility 
to get in the word every day and to read and to grow your faith. So that might be a statement of, I don't know, a spiritual child. Um, Another example of a spiritual child might be, and guys, there's nothing wrong with this. So if you've done this, don't be like, oh, but sometimes an example of a spiritual child is like somebody that comes up to you over, oh, Haley, I'm just so confused. Can you pray with me? And so she prays with me. And then 30 minutes later, oh, Haley, oh, my arm hurts. Could you please pray for me? And next week, oh, Haley, I'm still so confused. Can you help me? And two years later, Haley, I still don't know what to do about this situation. Okay, so you're kind of like, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean is that when you mature in your faith, you know what the Word of God says, right? You know what the Word says. And so when confusion comes, you might respond a little bit different instead of going, oh, Haley, oh, Pastor Bob, oh, life group leader, and actually say, you know what? The Word of God says that the enemy is the author of confusion. Therefore, I choose peace and I choose joy. And Lord, I thank you that you are speaking to me in this exact moment what I need to hear. You see the difference there? And that's kind of taking me into that next person is actually, we started with spiritual children. Nothing wrong with being there. We all start there, right? Then the next progression I would call a spiritual young men and women. So this is your adolescence, you know, college age. If you're looking at a number, we're not talking about physically. We're talking about in our faith. And so this is the individual that begins to apply the word of God to their situation. They pray more days than they don't. They read the word. They get in there. They study. They begin to share what they know with others. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. None of us are. But they're in process. They're maturing. They're growing. They don't just like, oh, God, help me. But they're like, God, here's what your word says. Therefore, I know you're going to supply my answer. See what I'm saying? They apply the truth to that. And then that takes me to the third person. And the third person is actually spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers, spiritual parents, right? And so what does that individual do? Well, this individual has spiritual children, okay? That doesn't mean they're physically giving birth, right? But that means that they have people in their life that would call them mom or dad, that would come to them that they are teaching, that they are discipling, that they are mentoring, that they are encouraging, that they are helping. And so they're not just taking in the word for themselves, but they are sharing what they know with somebody else. Do you guys have understanding with those three types of individuals we're talking about? Awesome. So today, we are actually going to talk about spiritual parenthood. And so those of you that have your Bible, I just encourage you, um, whether it's on your phone or you have a physical Bible, today all but one verse is going to come from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And let me tell you, if you're in here, um, you can also um, go to the Version Bible app and you can select more in events and it'll say Church of the Harvest and it'll pop up the notes for today's service and you can add things to that if you want. But um, we're going to dive into chapter 4. Y'all ready for this? Are you ready for this? Okay, good deal. So as we go into chapter four, there's a couple things that I think we need to know. The first thing is, is that Paul is writing this text, right? So Paul is the author of this book. Um, If you've read chapter four, you might notice that he uses a little bit of sarcasm in his teaching. Some of you are like, what? Go read it, okay? Go read it. And uh, I think you'll see what I'm saying. So he uses sarcasm. And uh, guys, sometimes sarcasm is a tough approach to a tough situation. And um, so what do I mean about that? As we read this scripture today, you're going to see that Paul is trying to come in and warn the Corinthian church of pride and arrogance while communicating it humbly. How many of you know that can be a challenge? But I think in chapter 4, we see that he does that exceptionally well. And so in the first part of chapter 4, we see that Paul's a little bit firmer. He's a little bit sarcastic. And then in the last part of chapter 4, he's a little bit more tender. And he begins to speak to the church as if he is their actual spiritual father. So let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14. And right here, it says, I am not writing these things to shame you but to warn you as my beloved children. 
So pretty much what he's saying here is he's saying, I'm not speaking to you sarcastically for the purpose of belittling you or to making you feel small. He's saying, I love you. I'm on your side. And the proof of this is I'm trying to warn you. Or in some translations, it actually uses the word admonish. And so we see here that Paul views these, the Corinthian believers, as his spiritual children. And so, so how do we know that? We know that he has a deep affection for him because what word does he use right there in verse 14 to describe children? Beloved, right? So he's my beloved children. And when you actually look up that word in the Greek, it is a word, and I will probably botch this, but agapitos. And it's actually the root word, anybody want to guess? Agape. And agape is oftentimes referred to as the Father's love, right? Is God's love. And you usually don't see this word used a lot outside the Bible. It's almost always talking about our Father's love, talking about God's love. It's talking about that enduring love, that abiding love. It's, it's that kind of love that meets the best interest of another person, it meets their greatest need. And guys, let me just tell you, the greatest need of a person is not food and shelter. The greatest need of a person is to know Jesus Christ. Food and shelter are awesome, but the Lord is so much better and needed for everyday life. Third John chapter 1, verse 4, John says, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. But then right here in 1 Corinthians, Paul's pretty much saying the exact opposite. I have no greater anguish than to see my children walking away from the truth. So he's like, man, I don't like what you're doing. You know, last week, okay, who remembers what Pastor Rob taught on last week? Anybody remember? Say it, somebody. Prodigals, right? He talked about the prodigals last week. You know, and basically those are individuals that know the Lord and have walked away from him. And guys, I know that there are numerous of you in here that maybe have family members that have walked away from the Lord. You know, I know that even Rob and I, and since we're talking about spiritual parents, we have had people in the church that have walked away from Church of the Harvest and they're not connected anywhere. They're prodigals. They're not connected with the body. And how do you know that in the natural, or even for like Rob and I, it's like we would almost do anything we could to get those prodigals back to the Lord. Would we not? We might spend any money we could, go any distance to bring them back in. And that's pretty much what Paul is saying here. He's like, guys, I love you so much. I want you to hear what I'm saying. So Paul literally sees them as his children. And here's how we know that. In verse 15, it says, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, in some translation, it actually says countless guides in Christ. You have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So Paul's pretty much saying here like, hey, we've got a special relationship. You've got all these people that are teaching you, showing you, helping you. But I'm the one that presented God to you. I'm the one that presented that message and you accepted and you turned your heart and chose to serve him and to follow him. I care about you. I want what's best for you. Now, back in this verse, it uses you had 10,000 teachers or countless guides, um, kind of a Fun fact here, the word guide in the Greek there is pida, yeah, paidadagos. I'm sure I botched that. But what that means is back in the day is they would actually hire an individual to walk their child to and from school. And during that time, they would help them with their homework. They would guide them. They would give instruction to them. They would do. And so kind of Paul saying, you know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of Bible teachers. There's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of books that you could do. But there's only one me, right? So, and, and I don't think this is in a pride issue, like I'm the man. I think he's saying, I love you this much that I want you to listen 
to what I have to say. And so this is Paul's attempt of just saying, listen to my voice because I care deeply for you. Now, let me ask, you know, I asked a while ago, a lot of you, how many of you were Christians? And that coming to Christ may have looked different for all of you, but does anybody in here actually remember the individual that shared Christ with you and you received? Okay, a lot of you in here. That is awesome. Guys, ask yourself this. That individual, do they maybe have a little bit of a special place in your life where maybe they could speak to you? Because they took that risk of sharing, not knowing if you were going to receive or accept, that they came alongside and gave that message to you. That's pretty much kind of what Paul's doing here is, hey, I'm here. But let's look at the rest of the passage, all right? At the rest of the passage, Paul begins to explain what it means to be a spiritual mom and dad. How many of you know the church needs this? And I think actually here at Harvest, we do a pretty good job of this. It is in our DNA, and it is our desire to do this. We need spiritual moms and dads. We need to be people that reach out. We need to be people that help others but then also are able to receive for others. And so I want you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, do I have a spiritual mom or a spiritual dad in my life? And so what do I mean by that? You know, is there someone in your life that can give you counsel, that isn't afraid to tell you the truth in situations? Is there somebody that can tell you what a scripture means and bring understanding and bring clarity into your life. Ask yourself, do I have that kind of person in my life? And then secondly, ask yourself, am I or am I becoming a spiritual parent to someone else? So y'all give thought to that right now. Is there somebody in your life that you see as a spiritual mom or dad? And guys, it could be more than one. There's, and there could be seasons of this. And is there somebody that I can speak into their life? Guys, you hear Rob say this every morning, that every Sunday, um, church is not about coming in on Sunday morning. Hey, how are you? Oh, worship time. Drop some money in. Sit down. See ya. I'm out. Another Sunday comes in and repeat, right? A lot of people, that is their religious experience. Let me tell you, that's not a relationship with the Lord. And you guys have heard Rob say he would rather you be a part of a weekly community group than to come and do that on a Sunday morning. And why is that? It's because he wants us to have community. He wants us to parent each other. He wants us to receive. He wants us to develop our gifts. Here's the reality. Most of us probably don't need to hear another Bible study. Most of us probably need to see the Bible studies we've already heard lived out. We can quote word all day, but are we living it? Are we walking it out? And that's what a spiritual parent does is they actually walk it out. They actually demonstrate it. So we're going to look at four characteristics of a spiritual parent. Y'all ready? All right. Number one, a spiritual parent is one who actually teaches the whole truth of God's word. The whole truth, not just their favorite parts, not just the parts they think you need to hear, but all of it, right? And so Paul, in this scripture, he's saying, you know, you heard it from me first. To truly meet someone's need is to give them what they need the most. And what is that? We said a while ago, salvation, So we should always be sharing our faith with others. Guys, spiritual parents are constantly sharing the gospel. And I don't mean just just saying you need Jesus. I'm like, what's the word of God say about that? When you're faced with anxiety or fear or a circumstance. What does the word say? Do you know? Well, here, let me show you what the word says. You know, guys, I know in my own life, I am very, very, very thankful that... My biological parents were also, man, emotion, very good spiritual parents. And what do I mean by that? Were they perfect? No. Are they perfect now? Well, my dad's in heaven. Does that make him perfect? (laughs) My mom's still here on earth. But here's what they did, guys. They made sure that they shared God's word with me. 
They made sure that we consistently were in church, and not just in church, but in a church that taught the Word of God, that was filled with the Holy Spirit and applied the Word of God to their lives. They paid for me to go to kids' camp, youth camp. They paid for me to go to college, to Bible school. Beyond that, they took us to Christian concerts. They purchased me Bibles. I remember one year for Christmas, I asked for a Bible, and I wanted a specific Bible, and it was not a cheap Bible, and they bought it because they knew that that was more important than maybe a new pair of shoes, right, and that I was desiring it and that I was hungry for it. You know, it's been said that the church ought to be a maternity ward where we, can, we are constantly hearing the sound of newborn babies in Christ. And guys, that's what our desire is for harvest. I love all y'all's faces, but I want to see new faces. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? New individuals coming to Christ. And, and guys, some of y'all are a byproduct of that. You guys are doing well at this, but I want it to continue to grow. You know, one of the healthy signs of a church is people getting water baptized, responding to the gospel, and growing and maturing in their faith. Not just doing the Sunday morning, show up, live like a heathen the rest of the week, repeat, right? It's actually growing and maturing. So number one, a spiritual parent is one who actually teaches the whole truth of God's word. And then number two, a spiritual parent is one who expresses concerns and gives warnings. Let's read this. Verse 14. I am not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. Now, anybody in here read the book of Proverbs? Some of you have. So the book of Proverbs, in my opinion, is essentially kind of a book of admonishment, right? And so what do I mean by that? So Solomon wrote this book, and he was writing it for his sons, and basically saying, hey, I want to warn you about a couple things. A couple, couple things. You know, don't, don't go to that prostitute's house. You may really want to, but, but let me tell you, don't, because it's not going to go well with you. Son, pay very close attention to who you hang out with. Be careful about the influences that are in your life. Because you know what? They will begin to shape you and to begin to mold you, good or bad. You see, some of us in here grew up in homes with, let me put it this way. We had a male presence in the home, but we didn't have a father. We didn't have a dad. And what do I mean by that? A father gives warnings. A mother gives warnings. And I think there's two things that go along with this. And number one is you have to know what the scripture says. You can't give warning if you don't know what the word of God says. Right? (laughs) Don't do that. Why? I don't know. He doesn't look smart. I mean, really? Right? Number two, you got to have courage. Having you know that sometimes it can be a little challenging, awkward, uncomfortable when you have to bring warning to a situation. Admonishing does not mean that you crush someone's spirit again and again and again. That's not what admonishing means. You're not there destroying them, stomping on them, tearing them down. That is not what that means. And some of us have experienced that in our life. We're having to pick up the pieces of our lives because we had overbearing parents. We're trying to figure that out. We're talking about spiritual parents. A spiritual parent is patient, long-suffering. They understand there will be mistakes. There will be failures, but they are passionate about you becoming the man or woman of God that God wants you to be. And so they're going to walk through the good, the bad, and the ugly with you, right? Now, any of you guys that have been around me or know me a little bit 
Let's see if y'all follow. If you had to, in one sentence, this could be scary, express a characteristic about me, what would it be? I'm really afraid here. Everybody's like, I'm afraid what to say. Yes, Eddie? Okay, loyalty. Not quite the one I'm looking for, but Nadia? Okay, a challenger. That's what I'm looking for. So I oftentimes hear the word, she likes to stretch me. Has anybody ever felt that from me or heard that? All right, a bunch of hands going up in the room. Loyalty, I appreciate that. Stretch me is what I'm looking for. And so we actually had an activity I did with my women's leadership team back in January. And everybody was given a sheet of paper. I think there were five or six of us. In the corner, it says, I like you because dot, dot, dot. And each person had to fill in the dot, dot, dot about the person. All right? Okay, if you know me, normally this would be in the trash, but for some reason I kept it. And the Holy Spirit's like, go find that piece of paper. And I'm like, okay, Lord, tell me where it is. And so I just wanted to share for a moment what a few of those people said, because it goes along with that. It says, you ooze wisdom and encourage that in everyone. You challenge me and those around you with a gentle push. You encourage. You are full of wisdom and always going to do what the Bible says when giving advice to everyone. You facilitate growth and encourage strength in me. You listen and support me through all times. And this was my favorite one. Sorry, whoever's here. And I just, yeah. Because you see potential in people much more than we ever see in ourselves, you gently push and nudge until we see in ourselves what you see. Guys, to me, that's kind of an example of a spiritual parent. That gentleness, that knowing the word, that, that love, that kindness, that willing to give a warning when you see somebody going off the wrong direction or doing something contrary to what the word of God says. Guys, here's the reality. Hopefully, you know from both Rob and I, guys, that we love you. We care about you. We want what's best for you. But you know with that, that sometimes that means there might be difficult discussions. Done in love, because we really want you to fulfill all that God has in your life. You know, sometimes I teach my leaders that confrontation isn't fun, but it's necessary. Robert often says this, you cannot have an impact without a collision. Guys, hopefully you have somebody in your life that knows the word and the courage to bring warning when they see you going off in a direction that you shouldn't. The third trait of a spiritual parent is one who leads by example. Verse 16, Paul tells them, so I urge you to what? Imitate me. Imitate me. Be like me. Imitate me. Verse 17, it says, That's why I have sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Now, if any of y'all have ever had a job and had to mentor or train someone, you know that pretty much you want to show them how to do something and you want them to imitate that, right? Here's the process, here's the procedures, here's the way we do it, this is why we do it. You can't impart what you don't know or that that you're not. You can't pass along something that you don't have. Now, I did a little study on this passage and I wanna share this with you. I'm actually a little bit convinced That when Paul was saying this to the Corinthian believers, when he was saying, imitate me, I actually think they were a little bit horrified by this. And let me tell you why. Do you remember a few things that Paul actually said about himself or what others said about him? How about this one? I'm the scum of the earth. Imitate me. Right? My clothes are essentially rags. Imitate me. I don't have a home. Imitate me. I'm hungry and thirsty a lot. Imitate me. 
You think they're sitting there going, yeah. No, because I think they were actually doing the exact opposite, and that's why he's coming. They were there, and they were trying to elevate themselves. They were trying to, like, be the man in the church, the woman in the church. So they were kind of stunned when Paul's like, "Mm, imitate me. And Paul isn't saying, don't imitate me because of the difficulties and because of these hardships that I go through, but despite them. And very often, because of these difficulties, the power and the glory of God is seen more fully. How many of you know that when somebody sees you go through a hard time, it speaks a lot and you respond well, it speaks a lot louder than you just yapping your mouth in a good time. You know, because you've probably said it, they don't understand, they've never experienced it. But when they've seen you walk through it with integrity and honoring the Lord, that speaks. (laughs) So we're just talking about Christians in the church for a minute. Have any of you guys ever met a sour Christian? Have any of you ever been a sour Christian? Hopefully you've been set free. (laughs) You ever met a religious Christian? There's a lot of religious people and some religious Christians out there, right? You ever thought that some of them need to like pull the little underwear out their ear a little too tight? (laughs) Somebody's face was like, did she just say that? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Guys, sometimes we need to relax a little bit. We don't need to be so tight, so wound up. Like, dude, why would anybody want that? Why would anybody want that? You know, did you hear the, la- the latest news? Did you hear the news? Yes. But God's still on the throne. <sighs> you know those grocery bills and how expensive everything? Yes. But God's still on the throne. Now, I'm not saying those things aren't important, but no matter what comes our way, God is still on the throne. And are we going to go around and be all anxious and upset and tight? Or are we going to be like, you know what? God's got this. God's got it. I don't know how. I don't know how to figure it out. God's got it. Okay, I want to have some fun for a moment. Are you ready for this? Um, so something that we do at our house often well, it is fairly often, actually, is we like to do imitations of each other, and maybe some of you out here, maybe, maybe not. And sometimes these imitations are so accurate that it hurts a little bit, because it's truth, but maybe we don't really want to see it in ourselves, right? So here we go. I've got a few individuals I want to imitate and just give y'all an opportunity to guess who it is. Are y'all ready? Okay. Okay. If you raise your hands, please. Insert prayer. You may go in the grace of God. Who is that? Pastor Bob. Yes, Pastor Bob. Good job, guys. All right. Number two. Well, I don't have, pretend to have a microphone. Oh, I'm just so excited, guys. I just love the Lord so much. And I don't like to call those receptacles the black boxes in the back. (laughs) Zach Davis, right. Now, this one, he hasn't done it in a while. And I wish Sue Ann was here because she would get it right away. But um, here we go. I am in heels. I practice this. Anybody guessing it yet? I didn't want to give words. Rob. I used to get texts during service. He's about to fall off the stage, Sean. I'm like, no, he's okay. He's okay. Okay, last one because we're having fun. I don't know if I can do this one. Madison helped me out with this one. Okay. Oh, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, God. Okay, who might that be? Lauren, yes. Um, now, that was from one of the musicians on the stage. You know, drummer, top, side, fly, whatever. <laughs> so you got those. You guys got those because you've seen them often. 
If I would have done somebody that you'd never seen, you wouldn't have guessed. Those were behaviors repeated over and over and over again. People that you've seen. So let me throw out some homework for you. Um, how secure are you? Ask your kids or family members to imitate you later today. <laughs> and then be ready for what comes and maybe to take it before the Lord and say, ouch. <laughs> so Paul could not be there in person. And so who did he send? He sent, he sent Timothy, right? He sent Timothy. And so this is Paul's way of saying, I practice what I preach. This guy that I'm sending you, Timothy is my guy. He is my spiritual son. Timothy, he has this hardcore ministry. He goes into the churches and he communicates exactly what I want. And so for Paul, this is kind of the pinnacle of his, his ministry, of, of being a spiritual father. Pretty much he's saying, this guy is going to do exactly what I would do if I was standing right before you. I'm sending this woman in my place. I'm sending this man in my place. But I love this. See what verse 17 says. He will remind you of how I, talking about Paul, follow Christ Jesus. He's going to tell you how I walk out this, what my relationship looks like. Verse 18 Paul lays it down. He says, some of you have become arrogant, thinking that I will not visit you again. Pretty much he's like, you think you're all big and bad, and I am afraid to come and talk to you. But how many of you know that that wasn't the case? Not at all. Verse 19, he says, I will come, and soon, if the Lord lets me, and then I will find out whether these arrogant people just give pretentious speeches or whether, they are, or whether they really have God's power. Guys, arrogant people and talking a lot of times go hand in hand. Here's the deal. Talk can be cheap. Verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Which do you choose? Should I come with the rod of punishment, with the rod to punish you? Or should I come with love and a gentle spirit? And so that's taking me into number four here. The fourth characteristic of a spiritual parent is one that cares enough to bring loving correction. And this might be one of the hardest ones. Paul's kind of leaving it in their court. Which one do you want? You want me to come with that rod? And you guys know that's an example of kind of the shepherd with the little hook. They kind of go off their way and do their own thing. And he's like, and how do you know when he uses that little hook? It probably doesn't feel good, right? <laughs> Jerks them back in. Ha-ha, <laughs> what's that? But it's that loving, gentle, come on, come on, come on. Get back to the flock. Stop running. Get out of your funk, fill in the blank, stop sinning, whatever it is. Come on, get back. Guys, spiritual parents care enough to bring loving correction. Guys, you know, something that I have learned, and I believe Rob and I have both tried our best to practice this with our own kids, is that good parents will do hard things for the sake of correcting their kids. And really good parents, the best parents, are willing to say, hey, you may not like me. You may not think that I love you. You may not think that I have your best interest in mind. But you know what? I can live with that fact right now. Because I love you. And I want to see you fulfill all that God has called you to do. And I kind of feel like that's Paul's perspective here. You know, recently I had a leader call me and they were needing to deal with the situation. And they're like, you know, Shauna, how do I go about this? And, and I could just see in their face of what if they don't receive it? And I remember looking at that individual and I said, 
let me tell you, if you do this and you do this in love and you do this the way that we talked about and that person leaves the church, that is not your fault. You're doing it because you love them and you want what's best for them. Not because you want to keep them as a friend and just nurture them in their sin. <laughs> just call it what it is, right? Spiritual parents bring exactly what is needed when it's needed. Timing is important when it is needed. Have you ever had this in your life? You were needing some correction? Uh, I heard somebody refer to this as a, a Christian intervention or uh, how about a come to Jesus meeting? Anybody ever been a part of one of those? Hopefully, mo hopefully most of us because none of us are perfect and our flesh screams a lot louder sometimes. Let me encourage you. If this happens to you, which hopefully as a believer it will in your future, remember it's because that person loves you. It's because that person cares about you. It's because that person wants the best for you. In love, a spiritual father and a spiritual mother bears the heart and speaks to it. And it is our pride that keeps us from listening. Any of you ever been on that end of it? Have any of you, your pride kept you from receiving something immediately? We've got, yes, we got some honest people in here. You know, I know for me personally, sometimes when this comes, I want to, ah, and defend, and you know what you're talking about, and let me point out your problems. But as I've grown up in my walk, I've learned to say, step aside, and then say, Holy Spirit, is there any truth to what's being said? Reveal that to me. That person sees that. Holy Spirit, will you confirm that? Will you show that to me? Will you give me examples? Because like we sang earlier, less of me and more of you, that's what that is. Guys, here at Harvest, we have several, I don't really like to say programs, but we have several ministries where you can experience this here at Harvest. We've got mentorship men's mentoring, women's mentoring. We have community groups. We have equipping you classes. And let me challenge you. Those two questions that we asked at the beginning, am I being a spiritual parent to someone? And is someone being a spiritual parent to me? And I want to end with this example because I want to bring it home. As Christina would say, we're landing the plane. Is that it? She learned that in message prepping one time from a friend. Um, I'm so sad this individual is not here today. She and her husband are actually on a cruise. But um, put this picture up of Chris Bounds. Yeah. How many of you guys know, how many of y'all know Chris Bounds? Yeah. Got an illustration for us here. Um, this is Chris Bounds. She knows I'm doing this and she sent me this picture. I got permission. If you know Chris, you know that she is quiet. She definitely does not like to be in front of people. She's a woman of few words. She listens a whole lot more than she speaks. In her quietness, she can perceive, be perceived maybe as snotty or standoffish. Sometimes, these are words she has said. She can be a little blunt and direct, and sometimes that can ruffle feathers, especially if you don't know her well. But those last two traits don't define her. And here's the example I have. I'm going to ask you to stand if any of this applies. You have attended a Bible study or an equipping you class that Chris hosted in her home. You've attended a community group that she led in her home. She has asked you out to a meal. She has brought you a meal. She has prayed with you. She has given you counsel. This one, if you are a mentor... At Harvest, we've got about 15 ladies, stand up. If you're in here and you have been mentored and you don't, aren't embarrassed by that, stand up. I told her I was going to do this. Um, 
Y'all look around. Look around. All right, you can take a seat. One person has been a spiritual mama to how many of y'all? Now, here's the deal. I know some of you are like, (laughs) she's old. She's lived for a really long time. That couldn't possibly be me. So I've got another example for you. Put the picture up of this next person. How many of you guys know this lady? She's actually here with us today. <laughs> I wrote a couple of things down. Now, how do you know she's a little bit different than Chris? <laughs> she's younger. She can have more words to say. <laughs> she enjoys learning, teaching, helping others grow in their walk with the Lord. She loves kids. Guys, is it in June? In June, she will have known the Lord for six years. Six years. That's not long. So now let me ask this. If any of these pertain to you, I want you to stand up. You've attended her community group. You have been blessed by her teaching, whether it was through the youth or the women's ministry or ministry school. She has prayed with you. She has been a blessing to you in any way. Ooh, quite a few just stood up on that one. Do you want a picture? I'm going to do it because this is important. Y'all are like, oh. Should have had Madison come up and do this. All right, you guys can take a seat. Do you see the, do you see, that's the visual of what we're talking about. It does not matter if you're old. It doesn't matter if you're young. It doesn't matter if you were defined as that baby Christian, that adolescent Christian, or you're a mom or a daddy. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to have the worship team come up. But as I do this, close your eyes. And, you know, at the beginning of service, we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And I'm going to ask him to speak to us in this moment by answering a couple of these questions. I want you to ask right now, wherever you're at, who needs me to be a spiritual mom or dad to them? Is there one person that comes to mind? If so, you can start with them. Guys, you can change nations by just parenting one person. Some of you don't know this. You know, Aaron shared last week, but some of you don't know is, and he's not here, he's on the men's trip, but Charles McGee put it upon himself to reach out to Aaron for a couple years to pray with him, to take him out to dinner, to speak God's word into him. He's just one of many spiritual parents that I believe are a part of the direction and that shift in his life of where he's going. So I believe that the Lord has spoken to all of us, somebody or somebody's. So what's the next step? The next step is, the next step is not, hey, can I be your spiritual mama? Okay, no, please don't do that. The next step looks like this. Hey, you wanna go out for coffee? You want to go out for lunch? You want to meet up at the park? Do you want to go for a walk? You begin to build relationship. And and then when you have that relationship and you're talking with them, you're like, you know what? I believe in you so much. If there is anything that I can do to help you with your Christian walk, please let me know. And let me say this. Don't let past negative experiences keep you from reaching out. Some of you are being like, man, I tried that and that person ended up stabbing me in the back and they hurt me so bad. Well, guys, guess what? Jesus had the same experience. They all left him except for John. Don't let the enemy talk you out of what God is calling you to do. Let me say this, my prayer for this church is that we would be a room full 
of spiritual moms and dads and that there would constantly be the cries of newborn babies in Christ, those Timothy-like relationships. And I've got one last thought because I've heard this so many times and actually Chris Bounds would share this. She's like, I never had a spiritual mama, parent, daddy, mentor. Her words have changed now. And so here's my challenge. Begin to sow into somebody else's life. And as you begin to sow into somebody else's life, the scripture tells us what? We will reap the same. And so I believe that as you reach out to others, as you share what you know, the Lord's going to bring you somebody. And I bet you that somebody's already in your life. You just haven't maybe seen them that way or given them permission to truly speak into your life that way. I'm going to invite you guys to stand up with me. How many of you were encouraged by the word today? I hope so. Don't let this be another Sunday morning where you just come in, hear a word, and go out, and don't do anything with it. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What does that look like in my life? I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes. And I don't want to let this service end without asking this question. If you are in this place and you have never called upon Jesus, if you couldn't answer that question that I asked at the beginning that says, are you a Christian? And you're here today and you say, you know what? I want to be able to answer yes to that question. I invite you to just raise your hand right now. Is there anybody in here that would say, you know what? I want that to be me. You might even be watching online right now and be like, you know what, that's me. And so I just encourage you wherever you're at to pray something like this. <laughs> Lord, I need you. <laughs> I can't do this on my own. I don't want to live in my own strength, in my own ways. And I'm ready to become that spiritual baby that then will mature in their faith. I repent, I'm sorry for the wrong I've done and I invite you to come in and invade my life. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and indwell in me to help me walk out this Christian life with boldness. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.